When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Lawn bowling is more than just a game. There's no talking on the green. Welcome to Without Bias. Brought to you by Apia. Proudly supporting Bowls Australia. Apia, dedicated specialists ready to help. Call 13 50 50. Apia, get set, go. Local legends wanted. A Bowls Green is just up the road. Search Bowls Clubs near me. Yes, indeed. Of course, that with our bias, uh, a staple uh, part of the sporting capital uh, every Tuesday night. Of course, Brett Phillips in tonight. Normally, Sammy Hargraves are hosting uh, this little half hour. Uh, Steve Glasson a little bit uh, later on. Jackaroo legend and national coach, of course, from 2011 to the present day, 2021. But we are going to kick off uh, tonight with uh, Barry Lester. Uh, current uh, Jackaroo, he's up at beautiful uh, Burley Heads. Uh, Barry, great to have you on the show. Uh, thanks very much, Brett, and looking forward to it, mate. Yeah, we're going to uh, discuss uh, some of the bowls masterclasses that you've been holding with thanks to Apia uh, right throughout the Australian Open. But before we get into the masterclass, Barry, how did you, did you find the Australian Open and how nice was it to have the Festival of Bowls actually back on the national calendar? It was yeah, it was great to see some familiar faces, really. It was a hard time not seeing the Victorians up there, so it was sort of modified to a certain extent in terms of numbers. And Andrew Howie, our uh, tournament director, he was fantastic in making sure that the tournament was run really smoothly and, and, and combated all he could with that. But, uh, yeah, it was great to have so many people from around Australia and New Zealand come and compete in it. And all the disciplines went really, really well. And, and the weather was nearly spot on. We, I think we had one day of rain. So, um, you know, kudos to the 14 clubs that put their hands up to host the event. And it is really the best tournament in the world of bowls. Yeah, no doubt about that. So semi-finalists in the singles and quarters in the fours, you, you must have been pretty happy with the performances overall? Yeah, I, I had a bit of time uh, leading up to the event on the green. I, there's quite a, quite a number of events I was playing in, and I, I must admit it's pretty rare for me, but I, I did make a bit of an agenda to, to do well or as best I could in the singles discipline. Mm. It's sort of those that know, know me well, I'm, I love my team sport, I love being around the group and uh, I sort of focused more on the team sport, team side of things. and yep. But, yeah, it was uh, a bit of a goal of mine to try and do as well as I could in the singles and, and really proud of, of the guys uh, that I played with to go well in the fours as well. And any time you get to play with um, Aaron Sheriff, it's a, it's a great experience and, and we did quite well there. No doubt. Uh, Barry, how does sort of the rest of the year look? I mean, th- these are fascinating times we're in. Uh, during this COVID period, no certainty as to what it all looks like uh, going forward. But uh, what else sort of is on on the calendar for the rest of 2021? Yeah, it's, well, something sort of pretty upsetting happened recently, Brett. You, you, I got invited to arguably the most prestigious singles event in Australia, if not the world, and that's the Golden Nugget at Tweedheads Bowls Club. 
they only select 12 men and 12 women. And unfortunately, that event has to be cancelled. Um, mm. Wayne Turley is the bowls coordinator there, puts a lot of time and effort into that job, that, that, that actual, um, actual tournament. And yeah, not to not to see that event go ahead, it's pretty crushing. But uh, you've just got to keep planning and preparing as though you know a big event is coming up tomorrow or next week, and and um, and try and yeah you know, get to see that those events go ahead. But there has been a number of events Australia wide cancelled. And I know between clubs, their volunteers and their staff, they're doing all they can to, to see that they can go ahead at some stage in the near future so that, you know, those people can come back and enjoy their club's facilities and playing those events. Okay, watch so this. there is a fair bit coming up. Yeah, no doubt. Watch this space on uh, on that one. It's, I feel like it's a watch this space on uh, everything to do with yeah. sport at the moment. Uh, now, I mentioned off the top the masterclasses. So tell us a bit more about those and just how lucky uh, and how, how the lucky students actually got involved. Yeah, APO have been a fantastic commercial partner of Bowls Australia for quite some time now. And, um, you know, they've really heavily invested in trying to help uh, educate a lot of bowlers out there or people that want to get involved in bowls and, and just help, help educate them on all the benefits of the sport. We quite often talk about uh, lawn bowls, the fact that it's outdoor, uh, there's a lot of walking involved, the social, really good physical and mental uh, benefits to come to the sport of bowls. And APO put together these four masterclasses in which I conducted and hosted and there was a really good trade stand at Broad Beach Bowls Club this year at the Australian Open where you basically went up to the APS stand and you filled out a form and yep. you went into the draw to, to make these masterclasses and we draw 15 names out and notify them that they were the recipient of the of the masterclass and they went for about an hour and a half, two hours over four nights over the two weeks and and we had some really good times. It was great for me to meet new people and, and just share some experiences and I narrowed it down to 10 key elements of the sport and we went out in the green and we uh, we went to work on them. So one of the, the key lessons, uh, Barry, that we've heard you speak about over the years is physical and, and mental strength. So we'll, we'll start with the, the mental side of things. I mean, how, how did you stay mentally sharp throughout a big tournament, a big shot or a big match, if you can give us some insight into that? Yeah, I I've personally, uh, I, I like to, if I can, get some, some time by myself to... Um, you know, just revisit my goals and, and what my game plan is throughout a tournament. If a tournament goes for two weeks, it's, it's, if it's something written down, it's even better. It might be my notes in my phone. or mm. um, you know, I like to keep reminding myself personally of, of what my objective in the event is and, and then uh, narrow my actual technique or my game plan down to two or three th- things. And, and in the AP, APM Masterclass, uh, I broke down people's techniques uh, and routines into... Three, three letters, P-A-D, prepare, approach, and deliver. Yep. And then that's that's the art of delivering the bowl. And then um, also, you know, the mental challenges that come come along with playing the game. So you'd be about to bowl a bowl and there might be some near, uh, noise come by and how you combat uh, dealing with some of that noise. So from a mental point of view, we, we did a little game, uh, sorry, team building exercise where we, um, we talk around, a, a, you know, a group and we try to, listen to one another's stories and, and see how you manage to listen to someone's story while there's noise going around. Mm. Because unfortunately in sports like bowls, it's a bit like golf. The crowd has to be quiet <laughs> and you're trying to concentrate in front yeah. of a couple of hundred people yeah. to, to deliver a bowl 30, 40 metres near a small object. And uh, you need two things, either dead silent or loud all the time. And so we really try and help these players to, to deal with any time their concentration gets broken. And, and one of the little tactics I gave them was, if they can, maybe try reading a book in a, in a loud environment just to combat the noise around them and still get through reading that book, even though it is noisy. 
you should be able to still concentrate enough to get through those pages. Yeah, I mean, those nerves naturally sort of escalate, uh, don't they? So, you know, whether it's the crowd, as you mentioned, uh, television, being on, on television, knowing that uh, there's a, a bigger audience watching you far and wider and trying to sort of combat that. Yeah, and, and it's um, something, if, if it happens quite a lot, you can really hurt your game. You know, you can really shift your whole mind and focus away. And with bowls being such a hand-eye coordinated sport, high-concentration driven sport, the moment your concentration is fractured, uh, that can resolve in poor performance. And there are a few little methods to, to help people either going into a game. You know, it's it's uh, bowls is a bit, uh, I guess, it, it is very social, but at the time you want to go and actually compete and do well, you've actually got to switch your mind on to that level and not bring that social sort of mindset or social level concentration into the game. And you'll find three or four ends into a game that people are starting to build their concentration levels up where there is, there is tactics where they can get it to that level and one and try and get off to a really good start. So we worked heavily on that stuff. And, and I think the people who attended the masterclasses really enjoyed that and, um, and help their, you know, help their mindset going into a game of bowls. And none of them, I'll be honest, none of them said that they have any tactics going into a game. So it was great. Barry Lester with us, current Jackaroo, uh, of course, a weekly edition of Without Bias, brought to you by APR, proudly supporting Bowls Australia and local legends wanted search uh, bowls clubs uh, near you. So just in terms of the physical attributes, Barry, what are, what are the most important of those to be at the top of your game physically? Yeah, some key, key muscle groups. I was very fortunate before I moved up to Queensland, I had a scholarship at the Victorian Institute of Sport for many years and we did a lot of training there and working on the certain muscle groups in certain areas that uh, the body, um, I, get, I guess, gets overloaded. So that would be your glute area, your glute medius, um, your adductors, um, your ITB. I, I suffer from chronic ITB. So iliotibial band syndrome is very common with all the bending and all that. So we just asked, um, you know, as, as many bowlers out there, that you don't need to necessarily go to the gym, but just some regular walking, um, even if you can get up some stairs, it's good for you to work those muscle groups uh, and definitely your core, so any kind of core strengthening stuff. Uh, if you can maintain good flexibility and a little bit of strength work in those areas, that'll definitely help your game. Now, it might only be a few percent, but that might be the percentage that gets you over the line. And, and that's for bowlers at all level. You might be just a club-level club bowler in a lower division um, or you might be someone that wants to play representative bowls and if you if you can work on your body physically and, and, and strengthen some of those key areas, uh, there's no doubt um, you will you will play better. It's and it's funny too, Brett. Over the years, I've, I've worked I've bowled with some really fit people, and yeah. they pulled up sore the next day because certain muscle groups um, <laughs> are just yeah, like a adductor or yeah. you know part of the glute or somewhere in the thighs. It's getting overloaded out, you know, after a few hours and it pulls up sore because you haven't used it in that certain way. So the physical side is key. And uh, we, we're fortunate at, at, at different events like the Australian Open or World Championships, we're playing for pretty much 11, 12 days straight and you need to you ha- need to have those muscle groups strong. No, it's a fascinating point. I mean, we've seen some sports over the years where you think, okay, you, you don't really need that. Uh, that you know that, those physical elements, but I, I was just thinking off the top of my head, like, like a sport like golf, we've seen a lot of the uh, the younger generation of golf uh, coming through who are you know and maybe Tiger sort of led the way in the sense of being yeah. uh, you know really ripped and and really finely tuned athletes to you know go out and play eighteen holes of golf and just maybe that one or two percent edge that it can give you. So it's uh, it's highly valuable. I mean, what would a, as I let you go, what would a typical week look like? I mean, what what sort of hours are you putting into the physical side? 
Well, at the moment, I actually just purchased uh, some some home gym equipment. Um, so TheraBands, I've always got the TheraBands around, just doing some yep. flexibility stuff. But but just working on um, you know some squatting and some deadlifts and stuff like that in the garage, just with home equipment. And because of because of different states in isolation and that, yeah, I guess you can do a lot from home as well. Um, but I'm working full time, um, sort of five six days a week, and yeah, plenty of walking and stretching and recovery too is probably another big one we focused a lot in the high performance side of things with bowls the last few years after a game of bowls we'll go back and do hot and cold pools and uh and then morning walks so yeah that that would be sort of a standard week in terms of just keeping active um but at the moment i'm i'm competing on weekends because there isn't as many events on at the moment so it's sort of trying to inline my my training in with my playing program some great insights. Uh, thank you, Barry. Great to chat on uh, with that bias uh, tonight, and we'll, uh, we'll catch up soon. Thanks very much, Brett. Barry Lester, current Jackaroo, to kick off uh, this week's edition of Without Bias. After the break, we're going to chat to Steve Glasson, uh, Jackaroo's legend and national coach. Up next. From the wide outdoors to the great indoors, this is Without Bias. Brought to you by Apia, proudly supporting Vols Australia. Local legends wanted. A Vols green is just up the road. Search Vols clubs near me. It certainly is great to have Apia on board uh, Without Bias. Great to catch up with Barry Lester, current Jackaroo. We're going to catch up with Steve Glassham, Jackaroo's legend, national coach, like us here in Melbourne. He's in lockdown as well up in Sydney. It's not overly pleasant, Steve, but that's the cards we've been dealt at the moment. How are you travelling in lockdown? <laughs> Terrible. No, no, no. I, I make light of it, Brett. No, look, it's, uh, it is what it is, mate. Where, um, you know, personally, I'm probably quite one of the fortunate ones. You know, I'm working from home. Yep. Um, it, it impacts your life. There's no doubt about that. Um, but it's just one of those things. And, and I guess, you know, the sooner we get through it, the better in the, in the ideal world. And hopefully... You know, I guess it's it sort of comes about from um, minority not doing the right thing and affecting for the majority. So hopefully those minority people can uh, can get their act together and, and we can, uh, as one big united uh, attack, a, a family per se, um, knock this over and get back to some sort of realm of normality, which will be very good. But it certainly impacts, you know, my wife's off work, not earning, uh, things like that. A couple of boys, my son's in the same boat. So... Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to adjust your lifestyle a little bit to accordingly to make sure that you um, you manage things the right way and, and obviously, um, you know, I, I guess um, manage your money quite well too because, you know, you haven't got the same sort of income coming in. So there's all these little variations. But look, I'm, I'm very optimistic about the whole thing and, and looking forward to, to working through it. And I know we're all sort of um, doing the best we can to, to commit to the overall program. That is, you know, staying at home. So, yeah. No doubt. Yeah, well summed up. Uh, we're just going to get through it and uh, control the controllables. That's all we can do at the moment. Steve, yeah, I mean, yeah. you, you resigned uh, from the national coach role, which you've occupied for a good decade at the start of uh, 2021. I mean, do you miss do you miss the position? Look, I do. I think um, it was part of my life, a, a massive part. In fact, it was uh, I used to often refer to it as a lifestyle rather than a job. So, mm. look, yeah, I definitely miss it. I miss the people. Um, I miss the challenges, that sort of thing. But it was very much a, um, a long-term strategy, I guess, to to recognise that I, I felt the time was right at that stage to to move on, both per, you know privately for myself, but also for the program. And I think um, you know, with Gary Willis coming on board, you know, as the uh, as a national coach, uh, he's going to do a tremendous job. And I, I think it's it's advantageous for the 
for the players, for the player roster, um, to have someone fresh, to have some new ideas as well and, and, and otherwise motivate them in other ways that perhaps I didn't or couldn't or, or, um, or you know, just a different skill set, I guess, as well. So I think the positives far outweigh the negatives and, and I guess it hasn't really probably impacted me totally yet and, and that will happen, I guess, when, you know, I finally see an Australian side out there playing um, in an event because that's the times that you really miss, you know, when you're not there with the team. And, uh, and of course, of COVID, we haven't had that yet, but no. I'm certainly very much looking forward to to when the Australian team can get out there and compete again um, against our, our international colleagues and uh, and I'll be supporting them wholeheartedly. But I know deep down, deep, deep way down inside, there'll be, um, you know, obviously that that loss of um, involvement and uh, and I'll certainly miss them and, and understand what's going on behind the scenes in order to prepare them to be their best. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely that that side of things. But um, look, a new opportunities come along as well, which I'm really enjoying. So, you know, it sort of um, one negates the other, I guess. Tell us a bit about that. Look, it's very exciting. I think I'm now only there for comedy value at the moment with BCIB Insurance Brokers. So uh, the largest uh, contributor bowls Australia-wide, okay. you know, um, risk management for, you know, over 850 clubs Australia-wide. It's been a tough year for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. With uh, a lot of catastrophes um, impacting the insurance industry. And we're all we're all suffering from that. We're all paying for that in our insurance premiums and, and no more so than the clubs themselves. So it's been a bit of a baptism of fire, but it's uh, it's quite exciting. It's great to still be heavily involved in the sport, which I, I love um, and I, I want to continue being involved in the sport. And, and hopefully with the team that, you know, I've got around me here, much like the Jackaroos, it's a really good team that, um, that we push through and, and try and do the best for our clubs and the best for the sport in the future, um, both financially and, you know, economically and, and also just personally for clubs as well. So it's a, it's a great challenge and one I'm really enjoying. Yeah, I think at some stage in our life we all need a little change of pace. But in saying that, it's an adjustment. I mean, you were used to, you know, certainly uh, travelling. You know, so many great accolades, Steve, throughout your tenure. You, you no doubt had a chance in the last few months to reflect. I mean, what's been the highlight or maybe the, the first you know, couple of things that spring to mind when you think back on your, your coaching career? Oh, thank you. I think um, those accolades are very generous of people. I mean, you know, I, I reiterate uh, what's been said a few times that I was sort of only one member of a of a very good team in, in the most part. So, um, you know, it's having those right people around you. I think it's really important. It's something that's been instilled in me over the years to get the best people around you. And, uh, you know, we certainly had that with the Jackaroos. And, um, you know, I hope to see that continue. So I, I think accolades-wise, we can look at medals and and successes and things like that. That's the easy part. But um, I think it's getting buy-in from people and, and obviously, you know, coming on board where the program was um, still very much in its infancy, which, it, you know, it, it's still building and it will continue to build. But to bring in the inclusiveness of, of gender, of age, of ability or disability, uh, I think that was one of the greatest thrills I got out of it and having that enhanced culture. And, and you know, you never really get there with culture, Um I'm a big believer in that, but certainly I, I believe the culture was enhanced, um, and the team in you know charged with with running the program now will continue for you know to evolve that, and I think that's really exciting. So they're probably you know the inclusiveness and the and the culture are probably two things that I I look back very fondly on. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, you, you talked about uh, being involved with the bowling club insurance brokers, but uh, I should have mentioned at the same time you are still doing a little bit of coaching. Is that in the uh, in the bowls Premier League? Uh, I don't know if my team, the BCLB Sydney Lions, would call it coaching. 
Um, they're, they're a hard crew, those crews. So, um, you know, it, it's probably more, it's probably UK soccer style management, right. okay. you know, of the team, um, yep. trying to keep them uh, focused. And look, they're a really good team to work with. It's BPL is a wonderful, yeah. wonderful uh, event for the sport. Yep. It's, it's probably a little bit different coaching a BPL team to say the Australian team. Um, so, you know, I really enjoy that. I really enjoy seeing the game on TV mm. and, you know, it's certainly a, a product of the sport as well, BPL. So, you know, I really enjoy that, but it's a little bit unique in it's, in it's, um, you know, in the, in the methods that it's running. So yeah, look, you know, we're, I'm hoping November goes ahead. I'm hoping borders open and, and we can, you know, get up there to Pine Rivers and, and relive it all. Yeah, it's great viewing, no doubt, the Bowls Premier League, the TV exposure, fantastic. And as I wrap up with you, I mean, since the return of Bowls to the national stage, Steve, which which bowlers have impressed you the most over the past uh, few months? Yeah, look, it's a really good question. I think the AO, um, you know, which has been one of few events, and I'd like to even just give special kudos to our, our national events manager, Andrew Howie, in managing all these events having to um, postpone, delay, um, reorganise, re-G. He's done a magnificent job. But I think a couple of standouts, um, you know, it was great to see the likes of Christina, um, Christy, Ellen Ryan and Jamie Lee Wars not really sort of have a great AO. Brianna Smith's another one, of course, that had a really good AO uh, in the ladies. And, and interestingly, you know, talking to, to Gary Willis and, and Karen Murphy in their roles now, you know, they were quite excited about that too and the fact that, you know, they, they see the depth of the women's uh, game um, deepening, I guess, which is really good. Um, and, of course, you know, um, Cody Packer from WA had a fantastic AO um, over there from, you know, coming from the West. So, and, and then you've got your, your incumbents, I guess. There's still the likes of, you know, Aaron Tees, Aaron mm. Wilsons, um, these sort of guys, Corey Wedlock, sort of doing really well. And then a little Queensland contingent, you know, the, um, Jake Nelson, Nikki Cahill, uh, Carl and... And um, the Nelson boys, you know, they're doing extremely well up there as well. So there's um, there's plenty on the horizon. So I guess the, the story is stay tuned. Absolutely. Steve, always great to catch up. Uh, all the very best as we get through lockdown. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll see what the rest of the year holds for all of us. But uh, great to chat. And thank you very much. And a pleasure to be on the show. Well done, you guys. Thanks. Steve Glasson, Jackaroos legend and also national coach. And our right at home bowler of the week. Uh, congratulations to former Bowls Australia president, Daryl Clout, who uh, last night was elected as the new World Bowls president. Well done to uh, you, Daryl. And uh, local legends wanted. A Bowls green is just up the road. Search Bowls clubs near me and Apia, dedicated specialists, ready to help. Just give them a call. 13 50 Apia, get Set go. That was another edition of Without Bias. All thanks to APA proudly supporting Bowls Australia and local legends wanted. Search Bowls Clubs near me. Another edition coming up next week right here on SCN. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNC's apply.